0: Hello, I'm Isaac.
1: Hey, I'm Lucas.
0: And today we will be discussing westward expansion uh, and talking about the racial justification as well as cultural justification um, from leading American thinkers uh, in order to uh, further progress westward expansion. Um, So, Lucas, uh, you can go ahead and start.
1: Cool leading american thinkers justified america's westward expansion with many different ideas including divine destiny artists portraying the west as a beautiful paradise they needed to be in as well as rich nobles wanting the land to the west to gain more money by speculating and farming although they did agree that this land was going to be theirs because they deserved it and it was their destiny to expand (laughs) Also, a new American culture helped them separate from Europe, which gave the Americans a sense of pride and Americanism that further fed their hunger to be the sole controlling power in a region where they consider themselves the only civilized society.
0: Yeah, and with this newfound culture came racial discrimination against people like Native Americans and Mexicans who fought, or or, or, who um, Americans thought were below them as savage people who did not deserve to live among American societies. They committed many acts of discrimination, like the Indian removal and Mexican-American War, where thousands and thousands of people died in the name of Western Expansion. Manifest Destiny, the religious and ideological support for Western Expansion, was just a fabricated excuse.
1: So, Isaac, how did all these racist ideas begin?
0: It's a very good question. It kind of all started um, with sort of the idea of westward expansion and the support for it. But first, I'm just going to set the stage. Because uh, Andrew Jackson was the first Democrat to become president, and he is considered to have started modern democracy. Uh, He uh, said he represented the normal person as he was once a frontiersman and built his way up to power on his own. He rewarded his supporters with government roles. Surprisingly, he wanted to give more power to the executive branch, despite that he claimed he spoke for the people. In fact, he used to veto a lot. Not only was he narcissistic, but he also mistreated Native Americans, which is kind of the start of this. I mean, he forced their home, place they were promised only to be forced to a smaller, even less suitable place again. And in an effort to relocate Natives, about 6,000 Native Americans died in horrible conditions. Not to say that Andrew Jackson was the first person who mistreated Native Americans. That started way, way back. But at least talking about Western expansion, this is kind of sort of where it started to build up with the trail of tears and all that. Um, but the Supreme Court determined that the natives stay, but the Chief Justice disagreed. Jackson used this sort of has leverage to make his own opinion overseen by claiming that the only opinion that counted was the chief justices. And Jackson strongly believed in westward expansion, no matter what anyone else thought. This point of view came at the Native Americans' expense. At the time, many people in power like himself believed that the Natives were inferior and simply in the way of progress. Therefore, they treated them such. Jackson cared so little about the Natives that he defied the judicial branch their constitutional right to have a full say, only to kill 6,000 Native Americans on a trail to a land unsuitable and unknown. He made only the chief justice's opinion heard and foreseen just to support his opinion. Here's why that doesn't make sense. Think about it. If only one justice's decision counted, why would there be multiple justices? There wouldn't. But he, anyway, he defied the Constitution and the judicial branch, only to further remove the Native Americans from land bought behind their back, despite the true ownership of the land.
1: So... And it didn't really yeah. stop... Sorry, go ahead. So it kind of seems that President Andrew Jackson really kicked things off, and he, he really strengthened the idea of a racist movement, too, further Progress West, and that everybody was just in the way of their progress.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it didn't really end there, too. Like... Uh, Later presidents, such as President Polk, like 15 years later, instigated a fight with the Mexicans, uh, which, you know, further west, of course, but uh, with the intention of justifying expansion by claiming that the Mexicans were a threat. So basically, the Mexicans had land far west, and Polk and many other Americans wanted it.
1: Wait, but when you say really far west, didn't the Indians, or sorry, Native Americans have to move there? So did they take that land as well, the the land that they promised them they would be safe?
0: Pretty much, yeah. They just kind of kept on taking and taking until they were left with almost nothing.
1: Wow. Okay. So
0: like, I mean, why? And also, why would Americans want that way far less west, west land? Like, it's just more to control. Why more slave states? A lot of st- stuff with westward expansion and other things in early. America was, had to do with slavery. Because slavery was still big in 1846. Uh, before the Civil War, this happened. So, Americans wanted more slave states in order to expand the production of goods through slave labor. So, they started a war that made it look like the Mexicans started it by instigating a fight. Through these two years, the United States of America obtained the Southwest and land that stretched as far as the Pacific. In the end, they purchased the land. But this followed the horrors of a war lasting two years. So, they kind of just covered it up. And Polk and the United States won the war and obtained the land. But in the end, though, they discriminated against the Mexicans, too. The Mexicans were different, and Polk saw them as in the way. He could have made an agreement early on and gotten the same effect. Nonetheless, he felt he had to declare war and kill about 9,000 people. Can you believe that? 9,000. So really, America played the Mexicans as they played the Native Americans, just in a slightly different way.
1: Yeah, and I'm seeing a a recurring pattern with, like, people thinking of others as in the way, even though they're just living on their own land and trying to be peaceful.
0: For sure. I mean, I think that it's just probably, I mean, I have a question for you. Like, because it seems like this sort of thing comes up a lot in history, and it must have some cultural stuff going on. So I'm just wondering, like, where did they get this pride in Americanism, and how did it develop in American culture? Because it seems like this would have started somewhere.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, so with the new American culture, people began to people began more to think of themselves as Americans and not just a bunch of states that actually came from Britain. This change in culture from the Enlightenment era, which was Europe's culture, for like science and logic, um, was to the Romantic era, imagination and emotion, which really gave them a sense of individuality from Europe. But With this newfound sense of Americans came the sense that everybody else in North America, the Native Americans and Mexicans, were inferior and needed to be conquered, to be saved and civilized. See, Khan Academy said that the uh, culture change gave them a sense of uniqueness, almost as if they were special and meant to civilize the West. A similar justification was used with the slaves, claiming that masters were actually loving parents trying to civilize a slave. Yeah, so, definitely a power in there. Yeah. So one of the main reasons for westward expansion and manifest destiny was that Americans thought they had a kind of mission, or as religi- religious leaders uh, called it, an intention by God to civilize the West and go forth in taking what was rightfully theirs. This is strange, though. Um, this is strange, though, because they did not seem to realize that the Native Americans were there long before them back in uh, were there long before them. And back in Britain, they did not even know this land existed. Yeah, and so along with this culture, there was also a lot of rich and powerful, and powerful people who made a lot of big decisions, and they also greatly influenced um, westward expansion. And these people included speculators like this. In the beginning of the United States, and still today, there were elite class people who craved money and land. These people were called speculators, who basically flocked around every new piece of land around to buy it, and then sell it for more. Granted, there were some elite classmen that were lawyers, or in Benjamin Franklin's case, great inventors, but they too craved money. Once all the land was taken, though, and people were not willing to sell it, the speculators, did not have any more uh, land to buy, so they kept their sights on the West. Hmm. Also, oh, sorry.
0: Or well, I was just, yeah, I was just noticing, it seems, yeah, like, that kind of makes sense, because it's sort of like, well, we need more land to buy, so let's go take some.
1: Yeah, and the problem was that the people who wanted the land happened... In the West. No, yeah, they happened to be the most powerful people in this society because they were the elite, rich classmen who... I wouldn't say the, the poor people looked up to them, but they definitely um, uh, probably were the forward. lead, yeah, um, because they they were just the richer, the more, um, yeah, they were the people in the society who everybody knew and who, everybody, who everyone saw as powerful. Yes. Um,
0: Makes
1: sense. So, also, space was crowded up, with plantations in the south and railroads and factories everywhere so it was economically the best solution to go to west and gain more land and this this also um helped the the poor um like people uh like support the rich people because they were running out of space and they want they wanted more farmland for themselves um so that they could grow more grow more food sell and sell more goods especially with the new capitalistic um like thought of economy coming up they needed to produce more and more and more um to be able to compete with their competitors
0: yeah like um with all these you know new ideals and all this stuff coming up with capitalism that makes sense
1: yeah so using these justifications the elite class could persuade the common citizens to move west and civilize it to expand america and its economy but also so more land could be speculated Money is a huge factor in decision making, and when it came to the economy of America, as well as um, the wealth of certain powerful individuals, it created an easy decision for Americans. They had to grow and expand to the West.
0: That really does answer my question, because, you know, when you think about it, all of this stuff makes them think, well, these are all the reasons why it's ours, so it's not yours. Yeah. It's like, yeah,
1: like, like what you said, they're in the way, like, these people are in our land. Why do they get to be in our land?
0: I mean, some of them, I I don't even think, I mean, it's, it it must have been so different then, because I feel like they just so greatly mistreated the Native Americans, because if you think about it, like, they, di- they didn't even treat them like they had their share of anything which is just unfortunate and you can see that in history racial discrimination has been an ongoing issue like even to this day some people can't live among people of another race without bias and during the 19th century a lot of discrimination was present in american progress and it conducted many ideas and acts that changed american history forever i mean as we can see like thousands of Native Americans died in the process of being brutally relocated to an unsuitable land in the Trail of Tears, just to be pushed back even more in years to come. History repeats itself, they say. A decade later, the Mexicans suffered just the same in the Mexican American War, you know, as we discussed.
1: The Americans had many had many ideas on why they should discriminate against the Native Americans and Mexicans, the most prominent being the fact that they came from um that they came from Europe and saw people who did not have guns, horses, bricks, or even metals. This site produced many racist ideas about how the Native Americans were savages and did not deserve to live with the civilized Americans. Mm-hmm. Plus, having a, uh, plus, having a new culture gave them the separation from Europe they needed to feel like it was their destiny to rule the uncivilized world and call it their own. Finally, the rich and the rich and elite population in America had their own agenda and were greedy for the land of Native Americans and Mexicans because it would gain them more money.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, as you talked about, like history is a game of gains and losses and one gains, and another loses. I mean, it doesn't have to be this way, but it seems like, especially in earlier times and still today, people think it is, which kind of creates a wall between people, making them think they have to be the ones to gain. And really, the only way that people can thrive is if they join together and benefit everyone. If Americans had only accepted the Native American, Native Americans and Mexicans as friendly neighbors, America would have been more culturally diverse. Thank
1: you for thank you very much for listening to this podcast. This collaboration between Isaac and Lucas um, brought to you by KQED News in partnership with NPR. Anchor did a bit, too. Bye.
0: Bye.